share. It is appearing kind of quiet around here, so I thought, well, this is a good time to turn the microphone on. You need to realize that if I turn the microphone down so you don't hear my poor dog panting as much, then people will say, why are you whispering? Um, yeah, it's complicated. The only reason I'm not panting like he is is because I have a little better control of my modulating my own breath, so that's the only reason because it is rough. So let me get started here. I'd like to remind you the U.S. government taxpayers just gave J.P. Morgan a sweetheart deal of billions of dollars that will be taxpayer funded, I suspect. No matter what they're saying, that is how it will work out. But I'd like to point out just a little bit of history here, okay? And I'll give you an article to look for because it just keeps repeating itself, right? The same old gang of people, the same repeated behaviors. So what you want to look for is this title. And you might want to take some notes today because I'm going to be talking about a lot of things, how we tap into our energy and all that. But I will not be giving you directions about what to do because I think these things are individual choices. So. Um, You'll need to be looking for certain keywords about today's topic, which is the pineal gland, P-I-N-E-A-L. But before I get started, um, the article you're looking for is called The Panic of 1907, How J.P. Morgan Took Over Wall Street. So uh, one of the most influential shapers of New York City's history is Wall Street. The economic, social, demographic, and political impact the banking industry has had on New York City is undeniable in its scope and power. It is merely a gambling racket, okay? And J.P. Morgan, well, go read the article, okay? I can't cover every one of the little crimes, but yeah, it's interesting. They write this script. They're just playing out the script is basically what it is. Oh, in the last show, I said, now keep in mind, I don't listen to the finished show until it's been uploaded, okay? Because that would, well, because I'm not going to make any changes, so why listen to it ahead of time, right? Because in between listening to it ahead of time, I could already be moving forward, so that's how it works around here. But, um, yeah, in the last show, I said something, I think they've shaved off a thousand years. I meant a hundred years. I think in this process, it would be highly likely that they could have shaved off a hundred years. And how would they do that? Well, quite simply, they have Wikipedia now pretty much organizing all their data and stuff. Wouldn't be hard to shave off like a hundred years, right? Because we have 1790 when this place got started and rolling forward, so wouldn't be a hard thing to do, but not my point for today. Um, I was watching the coronation. <laughs> Boy, King Charles needs to consider his hormones. He has the stubbiest, reddest little fingers on earth. They still haven't gotten those hormones straight for their fingers and stuff. And anyway, so yeah, that's why I, I keep thinking about how sick they are right now and from all the hormones and, you know, possibly shaved off a hundred years because that would make more sense. So anyway, so. Another thing I'd like you to pay attention to, I have been talking about debt bondage for years now, and what they're moving into now, what it appears to be, is there's this big discrepancy whether poor countries should pay for, oh, the massive floodings and stuff that have been going on, that have been wiping them out. Well, I'm guessing that nobody realizes that this is all being created by the U.S. government that's giving them tornadoes and lack of crops, like in Pakistan and stuff like that. So. 
the turnabout is that it looks like they're trying to get these countries to go into debt bondage to pay for the cleanup from getting their countries decimated. Yeah, something else, right? Anyway, so the title is, Should Rich Countries Pay the Bill for Global Warming? Well, the U.S. government, the U.S. Air Force, is the biggest polluter of most any other country, so why would they blame poor countries? Well, because they put them under more debt bondage, right? So anyway, so let's talk about pine cones. First, I'm going to be talking about some of the symbolism that has to do with pine cones and the pineal, P-I-N-E-A-L, okay? So first, I'm going to be talking about some symbolism that I found. And keep in mind, I have only selected a grouping of things. I'm giving you the key words because I would encourage you to go and look further for yourself. So, the first one is, pagans love pine cones and use them in their art. Pagans revere the evergreen because it symbolizes eternal life to them. They further revere the fruit of the evergreen, the pine cone. So, this article is going on to say, we will study widespread use of the pine cone in pagan groups and in Roman Catholicism. Pagans have always co coveted eternal life and have sought it by worshiping and revering many objects they find in nature. Of course, this type of worship is the biblical definition of what a pagan is. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? And who worshiped and served the creature more than the creator? Who is blessed forever? Amen. And that's from Romans 1, 2, 5. As we move into the end of the age, we and I'm reading from their article, we discover that paganism is really on the increase. In fact, it is highly possible that this 20th century may represent the high watermark for paganism. We would expect this might be the case as the Bible foretells that Antichrist will be a pagan generally and a Satanist specifically. So the Antichrist will be a pagan generally and a Satanist specifically. Since the person behind paganism of all types and ages is Satan, we should not be too surprised to discover that many of the practices of <clears throat> paganism slash Satanism are common to many different pagan groups throughout the world and throughout history. For example, most pagans are vegetarians either totally or in part. One of the most common points of pagan worship is their common symbolism for eternal life, the evergreen, both the bush and tree. Further, the pine cone is revered because it is the fruit or the result of the evergreen. Since all people of all ages wish to live forever, the evergreen and pine cone have become powerful and ancient symbols of eternal life. Let us now examine the various pagan groups that have utilized the pine cone in their ceremonies, their rituals, and in their art. Once you study this list, you will, be, you will find a great surprise in that the Roman Catholic Church utilizes the pine cone just as any good pagan religion would do. 
This fact is further firm evidence that Roman Catholicism is pagan, not Christian. In fact, we would say that Roman Catholicism is counterfeit Christianity and paganism at its beating heart. Pine cones are common in Roman Catholic architecture and sacred decora decorations. This pine, I, I, I'm going to give you some to take a look at, okay? There's a pine cone staff, like a cane, they call it a staff, right? Of the solar god Osiris, Egyptian museum, from the Egyptian museum. Osiris originated in Egypt when he was their messiah, who died for the good of his people and whose mother, Isis was worshipped as the virgin mother. Now I've talked about Isis and all this before. Osiris was the Egyptian counterfeit of Jesus Christ. So I pulled some symbols to point out to you, okay? And this is this first one is this person called Bacchus, B-A-C-C-H-U-S. And I found this one very interesting. The god of drunkenness. Because I've been saying these people are addicts, right? Chemical addicts, like you know, drugs and hormones. They're, they're taking all the all the all the fake men on the stage are all taking testosterone, which does have. It's not just like you take testosterone. It is a. It changes your mood. Testosterone has a lot of impacts. Okay, so let's talk about Bacchus, the god of drunkenness, with a pine cone staff. Pagans love to drink prodigiously and revel in getting drunk. Therefore, we should not be too surprised to learn that Bacchus is celebrated as looking forward to eternal life even as he is busily getting and staying drunk. Have you noticed that the Roman Catholic Church has been battling drunkenness and addiction in both their priests and their adherents? Further, Catholic countries like Ireland, France, and Italy have always been known for their love and consumption of alcohol. Well, I can't argue with that, right? Okay, here's another one. Dionysus, D-I-O-N-Y-S-U-S, the Greek god, <coughs> carrying a pine cone staff. settle down. It's okay, honey. It's okay. Settle down. Just settle down, baby. Settle down. This is Dionysus, the Greek god, carrying a pine cone staff as a fertility symbol. Children are always looked upon as extending the life of the human species. Therefore, it is predictable that the pine cone should be linked to the new life of the conception of children. Well, if you listen to my last show, I'm, I'm surprised any children have actually lived around these people. Okay, um, and then there was another one. And there, there are millions more. I am only pointing out a few to hopefully encourage you, okay? And this one is the Pope's, you know, Francis staff with a pine cone. The ultimate pagan symbol, since the ultimate goal of religion is the securing of eternal life, we should not be surprised that the Pope should be carrying the ultimate pagan symbol of eternal life. And there's also, um, please, 
I'm sorry, I gotta keep these cords straight. Where he goes through, or where my cords hang. Okay. Oh good, he's resting. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Pine cones are common in Roman Catholic architecture and sacred decorations. By now you should be persuaded that Roman Catholicism utilizes the pine cone just as many pagan religions in history have done. We are now accumulating many instances where Catholicism has incorporated many, many elements of pagan practices within their doctrines, rituals, art, and architecture. And then there were a few practices that I picked up, and it was this one called um, Bent Crucifix. We show that Pope Paul VI began the practice of using a bent BNT crucifix during his many ceremonies, rather than the traditional Catholic crucifix depicting a straight cross and a full figure of Jesus Christ. The bent crucifix was invented in the 6th century by Satanists to be their symbol of Antichrist. So the pertinent question is, why is the most holy Pope John Paul II continuing to use this bent crucifix, why is he holding, holding up before his faithful a symbol of Antichrist? And here was another one. Queen of Heaven. The Virgin Mary is known as the Queen of Heaven in Roman Catholic doctrine, literature, and art. Yet God physically destroyed Israel in the old Israel I S right is okay. Yet God physically destroyed Israel in the Old Testament because they were worshiping the Queen of Heaven. So just to happen to be Samarias, the Virgin Mother of Babylon. So um, what they're saying is that. Uh, God destroyed Israel, which makes sense about why these they came up with this whole Israel idea, right? In the Old Testament, because they were worshiping the Queen of Heaven. Because just so happened to be Semiramis, S-E-M-I-R-A-M-I-S. And there's that ram word in there again, right? Semiramis, the virgin mother of Babylon's satanic mysteries. The divine son was Tammuz. And one other I picked up, and this is the last one, purgatory is shown to be a pagan invention. That's what we see as hell, right? And not biblical in any way, shape, or form. Now remember, I don't know the Bible. I've never read it. So I am relying on this information as being correct. But I would advise you, if you understand the Bible, to look a little bit closer, okay? The pagans invented purgatory as a means to make money cha-ching, cha-ching, by charging the living for prayers to get their loved ones out of this temporary place of torment as quickly as possible. Huh. Okay. Okay, that's where they probably come up with that as above, as below business. Okay, then I looked into a couple of other things. Greece, Rome, and Italy. So, um, the 
the god known as Dionysus to the ancient Greeks and Bacchus. See, they, they have, the Greeks have different names than the Romans, but I am convinced 100% that this is all cut and paste, right? Um, and that's what makes research rather confusing when you first get going because you start connecting all these names to the different things, right? So, ancient Greeks and Bacchus to the ancient Romans was often shown holding a staff covered with ivy leaves. We see a lot of ivy leaves around, right? Topped with a pine cone. The symbolic staff was known as a thyrus, T-H-Y-R-S-U-S, and was carried and used by mystics in their rituals. Later, the Romans built a massive bronze pine cone sculpture called the Pigna, P-I-G-N-A, that reportedly, that means it came from their historians, right, that reportedly sat on the top of the Pantheon and served as a fountain. Now this is thought to be the largest pine cone stature in the world, and right now, Supposedly it came from there, but it can be found in front of the Vatican. <laughs> so, these pine, this pine cone business, okay, it is considered to, to, by many to be our biological third eye, the seat of the soul, the epicenter of enlightenment. And its sacred symbol, symbol throughout history in cultures around the world has been the pine cone that represents the third eye, the seat of the soul. So um, here's this clip about that sculpture. It said, Romans later built an enormous bronze sculpture, the pigna, in the shape of a huge pine cone three stories tall. According to a popular medieval legend, the sculpture stood on top of the pantheon as a lid for the round opening in the center of the building's ball. The pigna is confirmed to have, ser to have served as a large fountain overflowing with water next to the temple of Isis in ancient Rome. However, the gigantic statue now sits directly in front of the Catholic Vatican in the place called the Court of the Pine Cone. I can't get any more specific than that, though, can I? Okay, let's continue with a little bit more symbolism here. Catholic religious tradition is intricately <clears throat> interwoven with pine cones, perhaps most prominently atop the sacred staff carried by the Pope himself. The coat of arms of the Holy See, that's Holy S-E-E, -E, found on the Vatican flag, among other places, features a stacking of three crowns suspiciously similar in shape to a pine cone. The very name, Holy See, <coughs> excuse me, Holy See, excuse me, the very name, Holy See appears, appears to be a direct reference, uh-oh, uh-oh, wait a second. Okay, keep going, baby, keep going. Oh, wait a minute, he's, he's under my cords. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> oh, 
fell down here a second. Okay, now, make sure I'm still recording. Maybe in some other life I will have a luxury recording studio. of the Holy See found on the Vatican flag among other places featuring the stacking pine cone. Holy See appears to many to be a direct reference to the third eye. Pine cones also serve as a source of illumination in the church such as candle holders and lamps, seemingly symbolic in the spiritual illumination the third eye represents and yes <clears throat> go look look for pine cones <laughs> they're on their candlesticks they're on their candle holders those pine cones are all over the place okay all of these factors lead conspiracy theorists and philosophers to accuse the catholic church of using christianity or catholicism as a veil to blind the public to true spiritual enlightenment the awakening of our pineal gland some people call it pineal i don't know <clears throat> anyway so i've never been known for my excellent pronunciations so. <laughs> okay <clears throat> so and these are just theories okay one theory proposes that the pine cone was actually the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil purported in Genesis to have been eaten by Eve at the urging of a serpent and leading to the eviction of mankind from the Garden of Eden. This concept proves particularly provocative given the consistent reappearance of pinecone images with serpents and snake references across cultures. Now, I am going to play this clip now, <coughs> somehow. Um, Give me one second here. I have got to let him out of this room and hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> that will calm things down in here. Hopefully. All I can do is hope, right? Yeah, I'm coming, honey. I'm coming. Here we go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. that should handle things for the rest of this show but one never knows now do they okay so where were they what I'm going to be doing now I've covered all of the um, different things about the pineal gland and I'll play you a clip okay there are if I get my speakers here there are basically this is what makes this very very interesting okay there are 10 functions and roles of the pineal gland, okay? Sleep and our circadian wake sleep cycle, reproductive function and sex hormones, growth and development, body temperature, blood pressure, immune system, fertility, motor activity, cancer and tumor suppression, 
longevity and ancient aging. And there is a theory that our pineal gland is being blocked by fluoride in our water. So, I don't want to bury the lead because that's where this is all heading to, right? They have been blocking our pineal gland. Why would they do that? Well, because if they block our pineal gland, then certainly we would probably have bad sleep, we'd have bad reproduction, we'd have bad sex hormones, we'd have bad fertility, bad immune systems, horrible blood pressure, cancer and tumors, <laughs> longevity and aging. So yeah, I could see why they would block our pineal gland. So, And our pineal gland taps into different... I was involved with all these different groups back in the um, very early 80s, okay? The Zen groups, the Buddhist groups, and all these groups. And they all want you to meditate and tap into what they call your higher source. I am convinced that that is a very bad, bad plan, okay? Because who would you possibly be tapping into but their idea of a higher source, right? So let me play this real clip here real quick, and we'll take a look at um, just the overall... Just going to two-minute neuroscience, please. ...specifics of what the pineal gland is, okay? Because it is just a tiny little thing inside of our brain. In 2002, Israeli researchers made an astounding... Oh, that was a good one. Welcome to two-minute neuroscience. There's something about Israeli um, Israeli scientists. I'm not sure that I believe this study, okay, but look for yourself. There's a study out there from 2002 where Israeli scientists claim that this all has to do with some sort of crystals in our brains and stuff, okay? I'm not going to wander off into that track today, okay? But it's interesting, so take a look, okay? It's a 2002 study from and it says there are crystals in your pineal gland that vibrate. I'm not, I, maybe later I'll get into it, but for today it would only confuse the issue. So let's take a, this clip is called Two Minute Neurosinus Pineal Gland, okay? And um, let's take a look at this. So yeah, that 2002 study out of Israel is interesting, okay? But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank my <laughs> fort on it until, I understood these other things because what they do is they introduce all these other side roads, right, where you could easily start running down them and then start to get lost, right? So, okay, here we go. Neuroscience, where I simplistically explain neuroscience topics in two minutes or less. In this installment, I will discuss the pineal gland. The pineal gland was given its name because it has a pine cone-like shape. Unlike most brain structures, the pineal gland is unpaired, meaning there is only one. It sits directly on the midline of the brain. The function most linked to the pineal gland is its secretion of a hormone called melatonin, which is best known for its role in regulating circadian rhythms. The pineal gland is made up of secretory cells called pinealocytes, which secrete melatonin throughout the 24-hour cycle. The secretion is highest in the middle of the night. It begins to decrease as it gets closer to dawn and is lowest during daylight hours. This schedule of melatonin secretion is regulated by signals from the retina about light in the environment, which travel to a nucleus in the hypothalamus called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, and then via an indirect route to the pineal gland. The main function of the suprachiasmatic nucleus is to control circadian rhythms, and in addition to sending information about ambient light into the pineal gland, the suprachiasmatic nucleus also uses levels of melatonin as a signal to provide information about the time of day. 
Because melatonin levels are highest during the hours of darkness, melatonin activity can be used as a signal that circadian rhythms should be in their nocturnal stage. If melatonin levels are high and someone is still wide awake, it is an indication circadian rhythms are not in sync. This might happen, for example, after flying across several time zones. In this case, melatonin is used by the suprachiasmatic nucleus as a signal to get circadian rhythms back on track. Due to its close association with nighttime and circadian rhythms, melatonin has also been investigated as playing a role in promoting sleep, but the true relationship between melatonin and sleep is still unclear. Do you notice how he's saying that it's still unclear? Yeah, I don't think that, you know, they, you can go down to the um, pharmacy and get yourself, or the, any, any store in this country, and get yourself some melatonin pills. And I'm not really sure that would be a good, good, good idea, but you do you, boo, because they're probably giving us these pills for some devious reason, right? Not to mention they're all made in China. Okay, so pine cones have always been occultly associated with spiritual enlightenment. Whether we look at ancient Babylonians, Egyptians, Greeks, or Christians, the pine cone has represented the mysterious link between the physical and the spiritual worlds, which can be found in the human brain. The pineal gland, also known as the third eye, is represented by the pine cone in occult symbolism. It is taught by mystery schools to open the doors to spiritual perceptions once the seven chakras are probably activated. So, yeah, they show the um, staff of Oris is surrounded by two serpents of the Kundali, that which represents a spine. And those snakes coming up the Kundali look to me like the same snakes that we see on medical logos. It's called the pine cone staff of Osiris is surrounded by the two serpents of the kundalini which represents the spine and the pine cone represents the pineal gland this tiny gland is located at the center of our brain and is involved in the production of a variety of important neurotransmitters and facilitates altered states of awareness as you will learn So, um, so yeah, you'll find this pine cone. Um, pagan groups have used the pine cone in their ceremonies, their rituals, and their art. So um, the pine cone also shows up in crop circles. It shows up all over the place. Um, you will see the um, pine cone kind of effect on some of those um, birds that we see around so yeah so what's the actual why is the occult interested in the pineal i have to figure i just have to settle on one pronunciation here okay why is the occult interested in the pineal gland the third eye via the pineal gland controls the attributes and functions of the sixth chakra anja a-j-n-a in sanskrit which include clairaudience, clairsentience, clairvoyance, telepathy, ESP, intuition, and what the New Age calls the Christ consciousness or cosmic consciousness. 
The third eye via the pineal gland also controls the attributes and functions of the seventh chakra, which includes linkage with the higher self, astral projection and astral travel, and ascension into the Akashi records. I would offer a very, very serious alert right now, okay? I did all these things, okay? Um, I was very engaged. I went to like psychic training classes where we did psychic healings and stuff. I went to, um, we learned astral projection, um, all kinds of stuff. I was asking myself today, I thought, you know, because I did do the astral projection and it's something else. Um, and I don't know why I never did it after that one time. But um, yeah, I studied it and um, I can remember as clear as a bell right now, and it was probably about 40 years ago, and I, was at, I, I traveled a lot for my work, so I was in a hotel room in Dallas. I can remember everything about it. And as I was laying on my bed there, I was willing myself to come up out of my body. And I finally did. And then I came up out of my body and kind of like turned around and looked at my body lying there, and then I just shot out the window. Because <laughs> I had the huge, huge windows on the other side of my room. So I just shot out of the window <laughs> where I went. I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know why I never tried it again. But I also played around with Ouija boards and we unleashed some very demonic spirits. So I would have to add a word of caution. If you start to explore this stuff, and also remember I spent four and a half years living in Sedona, head of nut Nutland <laughs> and the New Age people, right? Most people were kind of surprised because they thought I would have loved it in Sedona. Well, I didn't, didn't particularly, but, you know, it was okay. Luckily, I had a soft landing. I had a place to live, but it certainly wasn't my style because I'd already gone through all this stuff. And those people were just what I'd experienced years before kind of on steroids. I mean, that's all they did, come around and come up with different card sets to, <laughs> to do different things. And, yeah, and I did pet sitting when I was in Sedona, so I was surrounded, I mean, literally surrounded by these people. So I would give you a very serious caution. Do not, do not wander down this path and think, oh yeah, this sounds like really something I should try. Now is not the time. What I'm suggesting is you use this information to activate whatever your own levels are, okay? And let's not start putting names to it, okay? So, like, I don't meditate any longer because I don't want to tap into what they're pointing me to tap into, right? I just basically practice being in the present moment. That's what I do. So I would caution you highly, do not start running off and thinking these things are going to be fun and games because it can turn very, and if you want to know more, just ask me, but it turned, that Ouija board stuff, I got to tell you, that turned so ugly that I don't even want to stop and talk about it right now, okay? So do not, do not think that any of these people, they're here to trick us into doing these things, right? And I'm trying to explain to you how it all works. I'm not trying to egg you on into going and trying it for yourself. This is not anything to play around with. We came from a very evolved society. We knew about all these things. They have taken things that we knew for good and turned them into good for, into bad. So that's all I'm going to say at this point, okay? So um, what they say, um, there was a quote I got because they always reference the Bible and all this stuff, right? Pineal gland and the Bible. 
The Bible has a Christian interpretation and a Gnostic or occult interpretation. This is why you have regular Judaism and its mystical component or aspect called the Kabbalah. You know, all the celebrities were getting all involved in that Kabbalah business years ago, right? This is the same with Christianity and Islam. Christianity has regular Christianity and its mystical component called the Gnostic Christianity, G-N-O-S-T-I-C Christianity. Since there are unbiblical practices in the Bible, the Gnostics have read it from their point of view and see nothing wrong with how they receive it. This is exactly what occurs when interpreting the verses that pertain to the pineal gland. The gland is mentioned in the Bible, but can be associated with hidden knowledge. And there is this thing in E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A-E-T-E-S. It says, or ever the silver cord be loosened, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit, the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So, um, the silver cord in this verse refers to the connection between the physical body, the astral body, the higher self, and the near-death experience. As you may recall, and I'm reading from them, as you may recall, Solomon, the author of Esclasis, E-C-C-L-E-S-I-A-T-S, fell into this evil practice. Solomon had many wives, thus breaking God's commandment to not marry pagan wives. Sorry, I can't do anything about it. Okay. Um, okay, so Solomon, okay, he had, he also built pagan temples in Israel. And all Israel was judged for their apostasy, A-P-O-S-T-A-S-Y, leading to the civil war that split Israel into two nations. So <clears throat> this has something to do with all this business with Israel, right? So Solomon had these wives, and it went on to say, it is clear that God was not pleased with the way Solomon spent his time. <clears throat> then in Genesis 32:30, the scripture reads, and Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, P-E-N-I-E-L. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Some people feel that Jacob knew about the pineal gland and was accustomed to using it. It was an ancient mystic tool used back then. However, wait a second. Go lay down, honey, please. Go, please, go lay down. I feel so bad that, you know, they came to live with me and this is what's happening to them for that, so. And they've never even met a psychopath, right? So <laughs> here, they, here they're getting punished by psychopaths. So, okay, so. Okay. Some people feel that Jacob knew about the pineal gland and was accustomed to using it. It was an ancient mystical tool used back then. 
However, it was later stopped due to the wine spirits that could be met in that dimension. And that's what I'm trying to say to you. Stay away from this stuff, okay? Basically, God has laid ground rules for Christians not to receive information by way of supernatural sources and is therefore considered as a pagan practice. Well, I don't consider getting information from whatever you want to call it to be a pagan practice, okay? But they know that we have these sources, right? So what they want to do is label them as being pagan, right? So you have to kind of make judgments along the way. So let's talk next about the pineal gland and fluoride, okay? Everybody has always wondered, why do we have fluoride in our water? Well, I'm not gonna go through that whole dilemma, but basically it got pushed off as, well, it's good for your teeth, right? <laughs> well, none of it's good for your teeth, okay? <laughs> but here's the reason. Here is the reason. Today's fluoride use has affected the pineal gland. There's this person called Dr. Jennifer Luke, L-U-K-E, from the University of Surrey in England, discovered. Now, I don't know if she's out of her mind or not, okay? <laughs> but this makes sense, right? discovered that the pineal gland is the primary target of fluoride accumulation within the body. In fact, the aged pineal contains more fluoride than any normal soft tissue. So obviously, from what they're saying, I have no way to verify that the pineal gland contains, <laughs> is a trap <laughs> for fluoride is how I'm reading this, right? So, and then it went on to say, although this is a fairly recent finding, the occult world knew of it all along, since they have their ways. And then it went on to say, the practice of TM, which is meditation, contemplative prayer, oigong, vegetarianism, and many other practices are said to be healthy, but are not always healthy for you spiritually. The coming world government will gradually eliminate meat eating and encourage heavy doses of meditation. Not only does it open the Christian to spiritual blindness, but it creates a docile personality the world government is seeking. So to me it means to avoid this meditation process as they as they describe it through their practices, right? has to do with your tapping into their idea of Satan, right? <clears throat> so that, I would suggest, <laughs> based on my experience in meeting some of these entities that came off of these, uh, when we messed around with that um, Ouija board, boy, it was something else. It was really something else. And I had this friend at the time who actually starts channeling these spirits. <laughs> it was a wild ride. So trust me when I say I've been there and done it. And trust me when I say, and hear me when I'm saying, Use your information to further advance your own ability to maneuver through what is ahead, okay? We are highly enlightened human beings that came here on this game board to work out some sort of spiritual practice of some kind, okay? But don't rely on these people to be your spiritual guide, okay? We have the power ourselves. So avoid 
what they're going to be suggesting that you do is what I'm trying to say one last time, okay? So let's talk about fluoride and calcification. Pineal gland dysfunctions have been related to multi multiple sclerosis and many other biological disorders. Now, I have not verified this, okay? The pineal gland converts the amino and tryptophan into serotonin, a neurotransmitter, and in turn into melatonin. Research shows that fluoride calcifies in the pineal gland, blocking its function to produce and transmit melatonin. Low levels of melatonin can cause severe health issues. Fluoride calcifications of the pineal gland lead to many disorders such as depression, anxiety, eating disorders, schizophrenia, and the regulation of memory cognition. And what I'm going to be looking into next is I wonder how this all, I wonder what um, radiation does for our pineal gland, right? They're restructuring our DNA, so it must have something to do with it, right? Pineal gland dysfunctions due to fluoride calcification can also cause to the interference of the production of serotonin, which can lead to other disorders such as mood swings, tremors, and Parkinson's disease. Research has shown, and remember, I'm reading from a page. I have not verified what this research is, okay? Research has shown that cell phone use and other microwave emitting devices change the way the pyelectric crystals in our pineal glands function by interrupting the way the pineal gland synthesizes melatonin. There's a lot to this electricity stuff, right? Because consider, go listen to that show about I did about our bodies being electrical forces. That's why electricity was brought to us, not as a reward. <laughs> so we could see better. <laughs> we didn't need electricity in the past, okay? <laughs> For a very evil purpose. So calcification of the pineal gland, they also call it the God organ, okay? Can be reversed by a diet of natural energetic foods and drinking non-fluorinated water. Yeah, you'll have to decide on how you get away from fluoride on your own, okay? Okay, so now let's, let's look at some... Um, Astral projection, remote viewing, and dreams, okay? And please do not try this at home, okay? <laughs> it appears that the pineal gland is really a signal transducer, just like the retina of the eye. Why would an internal organ close to, but not part of the brain, be photosensitive if there is nothing for us to see? So they're saying that this organ close but not part of the brain is photosensitive, okay? Perhaps we should really be asking, what exactly do we see when we dream, have an out-of-body experience, or imagine thoughts, concepts, and ideas in our mind's eye? Is the pineal gland constructing symbolic photo images in our, for our mind's eye when remote viewers travel through time and space? Um, this was the article see here. Oh, I did have the thing about the people from Israel here, okay. There was a 2000 article, Bioelectromagnetics Journal. This person found 100 to 300 microcrystals per cubic millimeter in 20 human pineal glands after dissecting them. 
these microcrystals composed of a mineral called calcite, C-A-L-C-I-T, and hexagonal in shape were found floating around inside the pineal glands and are very similar to crystals found in the inner ear known as otoconia, O-T-O-C-O-N-I-A. So do we really have crystals in our inner ear? <laughs> I don't know. Otoconia crystals expand and contract due to the presence of electromagnetic fields, and this process is known as piezoelectric, P-I-E-Z-O, electric. These crystals are capable of tuning into radio stations without the use of electricity. Many of these crystals give off light, which is known as piezoluminescence, and can also turn sound and electricity. Now, do I believe this? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe not completely, but yeah, um, we are electricity. The goal right, for these people is to harm us using electricity, right? So, yeah, otoconia, O-T-O-C-O-N-I-A crystal. So go look it up, okay? <laughs> go look it up yourself. I think it is certainly worth exploring, okay? Uh, they say, and I don't know this, remember, I didn't go to their schools, so I'm not smart enough to really know this, but I will try to tell you as I understand it, okay? Because it is not something that we should, like, toss out the window, okay? <laughs> so they also went on to say microphones use piezoelectric crystals to turn sound vibrations into electrical current. Some scientists have agreed, I don't know what scientists, that the pineal gland, the God organ, may also produce a psychoactive chemical similar to DMT. And I'm not going to go into the DMT business because, I don't, you know, then they go into, well, here's how you can make some DMT. <laughs> I don't think DMT is your answer, okay? Any more than I think taking LSD is going to open up your awareness. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, if LSD would open your awareness, all of us kids in the 70s who are gobbling the 60s who are gobbling down LSD would be highly aware, right? Okay. Okay. Um, so I think I have pretty much exhausted, I'm just scanning through here real quick, my knowledge of the pineal gland. The Hindu religion depicts all of its gods with the third eye located on the forehead between the two eyes on the face. Now, the third eye on the forehead between the two eyes, who also has that? Joe Rogan has that as his logo, right? Look at the opening of the Joe Rogan. He shows himself with the third eye in the center of his face. I wish I was so clever that I could be making all this stuff up, but absolutely. I'm just very good at tracking a lot of details. But no, Joe Rogan uses that center eye right there. And we have that eye on our back of our $1 U.S. bill, right? So uh, many ancient cultures refer, link it, they refer, link it to their gods. The horn of the unicorn may very well represent the pineal gland, the god organ. And maybe the reason it is connected with ancient cults as an enlightened or magical spirit. Another interesting fact that has gone unnoticed by the public is our nation's capital building dome in the shape of a pineal gland. <laughs> Never thought about that, right? 
because I went on a hunt for other things with pineal glands, right? So it says, our nation's capital dome is the shape of a pineal gland. Coincidence, maybe? However, inside the building are many interesting paintings depicting a close relationship to Freeman's masonry and pine cone symbolism. The Masonic symbol is a beehive, which looks suspiciously like a pineal gland or pine cone. According to Buddhism, the soul reincarnates seven weeks, which would be 49 days after death. The pineal gland, the god organ, develops in the embryo 49 days, seven weeks after conception. Descartes, D-E-S-C-A-R-T-S, the French philosopher and father of modern philosophy, described the pineal gland as a seat of the soul, and there is much evidence to support this claim. Okay. Um, and then they, then they want to, they really have this thing about wanting us to take mushrooms and LSD and DMT. <laughs> Believe me, I took a lot of that stuff, okay? <laughs> it's not going to help you out, okay? Okay, so, uh, so the interesting takeaways here on that staff they keep putting this thing on, right? Up that staff comes those things which look like snakes, which looks like the logo, the medical people, right? And one last piece here that I found very interesting. It was an article from Salon Magazine. It was called, let me see here. lost the title. Um, <laughs> oh, here it is. How the pineal gland became an obsession for both spiritualists and sci-fi writers. The endocrine gland has become culturally linked with metaphysics, drug-induced states, and even time travel. And this is by a person named Matthew Rosa. May 2021. Let's say what they have. I found it really interesting. So, the pineal gland, a reddish-gray pine cone-shaped part of the brain, is, well, I think it's kind of like, well, it's part of the brain, but not inside of the brain, right, is unremarkable at first glance. It's about a third of an inch long and tucked deep in the brain near the center and between two hemispheres. Yet it has captured a surprising amount of cultural attention. In the 1998 film adaptation of Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the extract of a pineal gland is said to turn you into something out of a goddamn medical encyclopedia. The 2019 science fiction film, Synchronic, focused on a drug that used the pineal gland to alter how we experience time. H.P. Lovecraft's horror story, From Beyond, featured a mad scientist who invented a pineal gland stimulating machine to allow human beings to perceive other planes of reality. There is a cottage industry of spiritualism books that focus on the pineal gland. So if the pineal gland is neither a vessel for time travel nor multiverse encounters, what explains the science fictional and spiritual obsession over this part of our endocrine system? And how did it gain a reputation for being a neurological tubla rasa? I don't know what that means. That requires knowing a little about what the pineal gland actually does. 
Indeed, the pineal gland's main function involves a hormone called melatonin, which helps you sleep and maintain healthy circadian rhythm. Most vertebrate animals have a pineal gland, and they are widely considered to be essential parts of the biological machinery that enables us to sleep. As this person from the School of Medicine said, melatonin is also essential to other aspects of human health as it regulates important psychological functions, no, physiological functions, such as blood pressure and insulin sensitivity. Maybe this is where we're getting all these people with diabetes and stuff running around with, right? The most striking difference using the different species is that in non-mammal vertebrates, the pineal gland is directly photosensitive and possesses a circadian clock that directly regulates melatonin synthesis, the main product of this gland, this person explained. In mammals, the pineal gland is not directly photosensitive and the production of melatonin is under control of their circadian clock located in the brain. That is all interesting to be sure, but none of it explains why the pineal gland is associated with the metaphysical. To understand that, we must go back in time to the 17th century when the French-born philosopher René Descartes argued that it was the principal seat of the soul. And René's last name is spelled D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E-S. He based that assertion on the anatomical features he perceived in the gland. Many of his assumptions were wrong, even based on the medical knowledge which existed at the time, and the fact that, philosophically, he was inclined to believe that the mind and body were fundamentally separate entities. This is amazing they didn't know all this stuff before, right? Other philosophers held that they were one and the same, and therefore there is no soul. And that's what they teach in Mexico. They teach the people in Mexico. Well, the Catholic Church teaches them that animals have no soul. Um, there was one feature of the pineal gland that particularly stood out to him in this respect, the fact that it was unpaired, and that is a really big deal. Of all the things in this region of our brain and stuff, everything is in pairs except for the pineal gland, right? I cannot find any part of the brain except this, which is not double, the Scottish wrote, except we only see one thing with two eyes and hear only one voice with two ears, and in short, have never more than one thought at a time. It must necessarily be the case that the impressions which enter by the two eyes or by the two ears and so on unite with each other in some parts of the body before being considered by the soul. As he added later that year, since it is the only solid part in the whole brain which is single, it must necessarily be the seat of the common sense, i.e. of thought, and consequently of the soul, for one cannot be separated from the other. Scientists today, not surprisingly, reject Descartes' belief that the mind somehow exists independently of the body and is connected through this one gland. They also have done a much better job of understanding the distinct physiology that Descantes ever did. Nevertheless, Descantes' fascination with the pineal gland as a link between our bodies and souls captivated philosophers. 
Descartes was not the only major philosopher to locate significance in the pineal gland. Founder of the religion known as Theosophy argued that the pineal gland, in which Eastern occultists call the divine eye or the third eye, to this day is a chief and foremost organ of spirituality in the human brain. She specifically praised Descartes, arguing that unscientific as this may appear in our day of exact learning, Descartes was yet far nearer the occult truth than those who criticized his theories. For the pineal gland, as shown, is far more connected with soul and spirit than with other physiological senses of man. Ironically, there is some science behind the idea of the pineal gland as a third eye, although the truth is more anecdotal than the loftier metaphysical hypotheses. The pineal gland is present in most vertebrates, while the perial eye is only present in some lizards. <laughs> the perial eye is also present in some fish. I guess that's the eye in the center, right? The perial eye. And remember those uh, radiation, those, those kids being born, second, third generation radiation were getting an eye really in the, in the center of their heads. There is also some scientific basis for hypothesizing. See, this is where we get into it, right? Might sincerely believe that they have spiritual experiences because they're pineal glands. Yeah, I think that there's just a lot to this, but like I said, uh, they talk about it, uh, and I'll give you just a tiny bit. I did have something here after all about fluoride. <coughs> fluoride calcifies the pineal gland. It was only until 1997, a good 50 years after fluoride started being added to tap water in the USA, that a British scientist, and I talked about, <coughs> talked about her before, that a British scientist named Jennifer Luke, L-U-K-E, discovered that fluoride accumulates to strikingly high levels in the pineal gland. More in the pineal gland than other soft tissue. Um, Jennifer Luke's study also found a positive correlation between the amount of fluoride found in the pineal gland and calcium. So, um, there was a, it says the accumulation of fluoride formed phosphate crystals, in fact, there's some crystals, right? Creating a thick shell around the pineal gland called calcification. So the accumulation of fluoride formed phosphate crystals creating a thick shell around the pineal gland <coughs> called calcification, okay? Once the pineal gland is calcified, it causes it to become underactive, resulting in less melatonin production. And that's probably where they get you to then go and start <clears throat> getting melatonin pills at the pharmacy or getting your doctor to give you sleeping pills, which are probably just not, I don't think sleeping pills do the melatonin thing, but anyway, anything from them has gotta be dangerous, right? The pineal gland is a tiny, okay, we already talked about that then. Um, so yeah, um, I think the pineal gland is, okay, he's walking by here. Since the pineal gland requires direct and unimpeded contact with blood to perform its functions, 
It's located outside the blood-brain barrier, directly exposing the pineal gland to fluoride circulate in your blood. Now, this is very, okay. Okay, let me read this over again. Since the pineal gland requires direct and unimpeded contact with blood to perform its function, its location outside the blood-brain barrier, directly exposing the pineal gland to fluoride circulated in your blood. So this leaves the pineal gland vulnerable and without any protection. So yeah, so, uh, huh, yeah, so this explains it how they, it at least leads us in the direction to start to explore, is this possibly why we have so many anxiety-ridden people? And I will, of course, be further exploring, um, I, I can pretty much answer my own question, but of course I'll want to look, and that would be, uh, that would be, um, what's radiation doing all this stuff, right? because they probably have gone from fluoride to radiation in disabling our pineal gland. Just a guess right now, okay, just a guess. Um, because it would make sense, right? So I'm gonna be closing this off for now. I obviously might have other things to say about this because now we've got a pretty key thing here that we can kind of dig ourselves into and it kind of explains a lot of the anxiety in the world. And of course, they believe in reincarnation, but they just don't want us to believe this stuff, right? So their effort had to be to disconnect us from our sources of information too, right? Because that way we would be open to whatever levels of BS they would shovel our way, right? So I want to lead you to think about this for yourself because I have a lot to think about for myself also. So be safe out there and goodbye for now. This song is from a group called Kansas. Dust in the wind. But it makes perfect sense that they would disable what would give us the true answers, right? That would lead us directly into their arms and keep us kind of like paralyzed in their arms, right? If we didn't know any of our own answers, we become more and more reliant upon them, and that's where all their experts and this Franklin School starts start to really feed into all this stuff, right? It it made us victims to whatever their message was going to be for us. So, I have a lot to think about, and I hope I've encouraged you to think a lot for yourself. So, be safe out there, and goodbye for now. Just a drop of water.